Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, let the game begin. Everybody's gonna lose and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel, right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, this is a show where I, Josh Rubin, and I, Noel come together once a week, uh, except for last week. Yeah, Noel was away on the uh, Radio Free Brooklyn uh, corporate retreat <laughs> island. Yeah, Camp David. It's Radio Free Brooklyn uh-huh. Camp David. Yep. Uh, um. As a member of the inner circle, uh-huh. shall I call it the deep state of radio, uh, they went out there and plotted the next eight years yeah. of Radio Free Brooklyn's oh, yeah. future. That's what they did. But anyway, uh, we come together once a week uh, over a single topic, and we come up with incredible ideas on how to get insanely wealthy very quickly on said topic. Um, Noel's going to have lots of great ideas this today. Oh yeah, because he's done nothing but rest and relax. <laughs> while I, on the other hand, worked, 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 and I'm completely burnt out because I don't get vacations. Noel, okay, I'm self-employed. I'm part of the gig economy. All right, as they say, I'm not one of you cushy. Oh, I got a job, people. I'm not one of those. <laughs> One of those cushy, I got a job. I got people. a job with benefits, people. Uh-huh. You fortunate few who have skills and talents that give you paid vacations. Nope, I'm not one of those. Anyway, I'm not bitter at all no. about it. No. Um, yeah, that's what we do, I think, pretty much in a nutshell, right? Oh, yeah. We don't uh, ask for any money up front. I, I've forgotten. I forget. Hey, one week. Yeah. how bad my memory is. <laughs> One week of not doing the show. Uh-huh. I guess it's two weeks if you go back. It's been two weeks since we did our last show. I can't remember what I do in the in the opening bit. Okay. It's incredible. Uh, if I were wish I was twenty-five again. That's all. Okay. Let's make that happen. All right. Anyway, we don't take any money up front. No. We're not like these uh hacks on the internet. That make you buy a system? No. Because we have no system. There's no rhyme nor reason to what we do. Well, there's plenty of rhymes, plenty of reasons. No. What are, what are the rhymes to what we do? Each one, individual. Let me hear a rhyme. Well, I, I got two rhymes. You got two rhymes. I got two reasons. You got two reasons today. Oh, I don't even understand Each what you're scheme, saying. its own rhyme, its own reason. Anyway. Okay. Um... Uh, yeah, and all we ask <laughs> is when you've finally gotten incredibly wealthy, <laughs> when you've made all the money uh-huh. off of these ideas yeah. that we give you, Yep. all we ask, Noel... All we ask is 10%. You, you, you're you sitting in a easy chair. That's right. One of the privileged f- few. <laughs> and you remember uh-huh. where you came from. You remember your roots. You reach in, you 
pull out your checkbook, you write us a check for 10% of everything you made after you're rich. You Mm -hmm. tithe us. Mm -hmm. Josh needs the money. Oh, I do. He needs a brain implant. I really do. (laughs) I really do. I just need to swap it out for someone else's. I was reading somewhere Uh that uh, once you hit 50, um, for every week that you take off from exercising, Mm -hmm. it takes you two to three weeks to get back to where you were. So if you take like... A month off, mm-hmm. you or you take two weeks off to go on vacation, and you come back and you haven't exercised. It's going to take you four to six weeks okay. to get back to where you were before you went on vacation. All right, I feel like that's the situation with our brains, okay, and our ability to speak into a microphone. You're not fifty yet, though. I'm forty-eight. I'll be forty-nine in what are we in September? Yeah, oh God, I'm at forty-nine in less than a month. Ah. Holy shit. So much older than me. Am I? Yeah. Why don't you tell the world your age, Noel? I'm 48. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to be 49 I'm not gonna be 49 in a few in, months. In, in, a, in, in three weeks. Not me. No. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Um, you know, that being said, I just the reason I brought that up is because while I understand my brain is shot. Okay. I was just listening to you stumbling over your words. Even more so than you usually do. Ah. Uh huh. <laughs> anyway, Noel. Anyway, um, I haven't seen you in a long time. Mm-mm. It's been two weeks. It has not just a week. How was your vacation? It was good. Yeah. What'd you do? I relaxed. I ate. I cooked. I went for hikes. Did you cook for everyone? Uh, we took some turns. Uh huh. But you did most of the cooking. I did the. I did the more than other people. But it's not like I. Did all the cooking? Did you make lots of ceviches? Uh, there was a ceviche made, not by myself. Uh huh. But there was a ceviche made. Was it a lobster ceviche? It was not. It was a shrimp ceviche. Is there good shrimp up there too? Is there a lot of shrimp catching going on? Well, these were on? frozen shrimp, oh. but we did get oh. some fresh uh, scallops off a truck. Yeah, I bet that's nice. They were good. I bet they were. Did, did they come in the shell? No. Uh. No, they were shelled. Um, did they have the nice uh, uh, roe? Sacks on them, the little red sack on them. Uh, they, I didn't see any red sacks, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, we ate. We ate well. Um, Great seafood up there in Maine. There is fantastic. Why uh, you ate frozen shrimps? I have no idea. Because that's just was for ceviche. Uh, you know, I was thinking about mm-hmm. something. It and it it was because I was up in Maine. It got me thinking about uh-huh. this. So when I was in Chicago, mm-hmm. there was at uh, Improv Olympic where I used to do stuff. They had a one-man uh, show series that went on, and everyone eventually signed up and did one. And so I made one one time, and my whole thing was I was like a McCarthyist that was in an organiz- organization against Noldenine, <coughs> the Society Against Noldenine, mm-hmm. Sand. Uh, and all I was there to do... Noel Deneen Sand? Sand. Society Against Noel Deneen. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, all I was there to do was to turn the audience against Noel Deneen, uh, but because it was a show, I had to pepper it with <coughs> show elements. Mm-hmm. So I would do these, like, things in it. 
And in it, I took uh, a suggestion, had someone write it on a piece of paper, and then ball it up, and then I tied it around uh, dental floss and swallowed it. And the other end was tied to a turtle, a live turtle. And I put some lettuce on the far end of the stage Uh and did a thing where it's like that turtle's going to go for that lettuce. And if I don't finish this scene, based on the suggestion that I've swallowed, uh, by the time it gets there, it'll rip my throat out. So I did a scene, and then uh, I cut the, the dental floss, and then I pulled out the suggestion... And unraveled it and made up a reason why that's what my scene was about. Uh, and then when I moved... So you, you, you was like a magic trick, essentially. You didn't look at the note. You didn't work your scene around the note? No. I, I, did a, I just did a scene and then made right. up a reason why. And then why. you made up, not unlike what we do on yeah. this show all the time. So then when I moved here, uh-huh. uh, I had to do a bit in a show. And I'm like, oh, that was a great bit. I should do that. Did it get a big applause, that little bit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it killed. Uh, and so I, I didn't want to get another turtle because I didn't know anyone that would take a turtle. Uh-huh. So, so you went out and just bought a turtle for this bit. Yeah, and I gave it to somebody and you afterwards. gave it to someone. Yeah. What uh, happened to that turtle, do you know? Is uh, it still alive? It, it's now the mayor. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I didn't want to do that. So instead, I changed the whole thing. So I was a super rich guy with like <clears throat> a ascot and like I was like rich guy and I did it with a lobster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it killed again. It's it's a golden uh-huh. bit. <clears throat> uh-huh. Uh so yeah, but that that's how I did it again the second time because so you had tied a string around the lobster? Yeah, and tied then let dental the lobster floss walk, lobster. let the lo- lobster walk across the ground out of water. Did the lobster die in the middle of the bit? No, it made it through. <laughs> Very slowly. <laughs> Very slowly. It wasn't it wasn't kicking as much as I was hoping it would. You could have done like 20, 30 minutes. Because it the was way like an associated market uh-huh. lobster too. Yeah. What did you end up doing with the lobster after that? I don't that? think it made it too far. I don't think it made it out of that theater. <laughs> That's so fucking cruel. Yeah. I'm glad there's no one from PETA there. No, there wasn't. Yeah, that would have been bad I for you. I could have tied them to the string. There you go. And put a puppy at the edge of the stage. Oh. A puppy with a guillotine. Yeah, well, they would have let the guillotine fall. You know about PETA and their high kill shelters, right? No. PETA has, particularly in Virginia, they have a very large shelter down there. Mm-hmm. And they have the highest kill rate of any shelters in the United States. Yeah. Uh, because I'm prone to believe... Uh, you know, PETA's thing is that animals and humans should not mix, period. Uh, okay. They're very extreme. I mean, most people know them because and support their anti-fur campaign. Yep. But their big campaign is, their real uh, sort of driving uh, theory is, is that humans and animals were not meant to interact in the way that they do. Okay. Animals are not meant to be used for food. They're not meant as pets. They're only meant to be out in the wild. So they have something like their shelter has like a 95% kill rate or a 90% kill rate. Ah, they don't make any active attempts to adopt out their animals. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, uh, if there was a puppy with a guillotine, they would let the guillotine kill the puppy mm-hmm. and then turn around and talk about what a horrible person you are. Okay. Um, but that being said, mm-hmm. sliding right into what our topic today is, because yeah. this story 
really, unlike so many of your stories that are essentially <laughs> the uh, radio version of me having a note <laughs> about what, what the topic is in my throat uh-huh. and uh, uh, a string tied to Herschel's neck. Um, and I have to just wrap your story around whatever the topic is. Yeah. This is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Because today's topic, Noel, is... Today's topic is lobsters. How to get rich with them. How to... Whatever. Clamp your way to the top. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever they call them, little clampers. Uh, This may very well be... How to claw your way to the top. There you go. Because it is a claw. It's a lobster claw. Yeah. This may very well be the best show we've ever done. <laughs> we're both a little rusty. <laughs> we are. We're, we're, a week off. we're punchy. We're punchy. We're, we're a little punchy. Oh, it's going to be dangerous, guys. It is. It is. We're, we may drool. Yeah. All and bleed all over the microphone. Yep. I saw the Chuck Wepner movie the other night. Not that it has anything to do with that, but being mm-hmm. punchy made me think about that. I don't know. What That's all I'm going to okay. say. All right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So lobsters. Lobsters. Know. How are you going to get rich with them? I'm going to tell you. <clears throat> How? Uh, they're weird animals. They are. They pee from their faces. They do. They have two stomachs, one behind their eyes that has teeth in it. Yep, that's how they grind shit up. Yeah. They can regenerate their claws. Yep. Which is something I never understood. Why, uh, knowing that, I don't know if you know about like a stone crab, Uh like Joe's stone crab. Yeah. So the only edible part on the stone crab is the claw. Yeah. And they regenerate. So what they do to replenish, never have to worry about replenishing the system, is Uh they pull stone crabs, they take one claw, and then throw them back in. That's great. And let the other claw start to grow, and then a year later they come in and they take the other claw and then throw it back in. And so it's like, you know, over the lifespan of Uh this uh, creature. I don't understand why they don't do that with lobsters. PETA should do that. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, They have to molt to have sex. Females... Do they have to molt to have sex? Yeah, I didn't read the woman about does. that. Yeah. Oh, the woman does. Yeah. Interesting. The woman also, female lobsters, can store sperm for two years yeah. before using it. Uh, they routine, routinely eat each other. They are anthropods. They're scared of octopus. I like how your emphasis is on the fact that they're anthropods and not that they routinely eat each other. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just gloss over the cannibalistic nature. Yeah. Well, I'm just I'm just listing the weirdnesses. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They're scared of octopuses. Well, isn't everybody? Uh, I looked up crazy pictures of lobsters. <laughs> uh huh. And uh, a lot of the stories <laughs> that came up claim that the lobsters look like aliens. Hmm. Uh, it turns out it's for a valid reason. A lot of people think lobsters are alien. Last year, a team of UFO hunters found a giant alien claw beneath the Peruvian desert. Really? Yep. Claim it resembles a lobster claw. And then, of course, there's the famous Pascagoula abduction in 1973. You know about this? No. Charles Hickson and Calvin Parker were abducted by aliens when fishing near Pascagoula, Mississippi, they were fishing off a pier when they heard a, a whirring, whizzing sound. <coughs> they saw two flashing blue lights and an oval-shaped object 30 to 40 feet across, 8 to 10 feet high. Both became paralyzed, and three creatures took them aboard and examined them. The aliens had lobster claw hands. 
they went to the police and were found credible. Past lie detector tests became the focus of international attention. It was included in Project Blue Book, even though Project Blue Book at this point was officially closed. What is Project Blue Book? Oh, you don't know Project Blue Book? Never heard of it. It was the uh, Air Force researching for years and years aliens and UFOs. You don't remember when you were a kid, there was that show, Project Blue Book, and it was all about... Never heard of it. Oh, yeah. I grew up in the Caribbean. We had two English-speaking stations, and one of them was PBS. Oh, okay. Well, Project Blue Book was a real thing. I'm not disputing that. Uh, Never heard of it. So uh, years later, so when did these? When did this happen with these? In guys? 1973. Oh, 73. Yeah. Okay. Uh, years later, it was revealed that three naval officers reported an identical UFO nearby on the same date. So uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not here to convince anyone. True or not. There are a lot of people that believe there's a link between lobsters and aliens. And maybe <clears throat> maybe that's why they're scared of octopus. Do you read that thing lately that they're saying that uh, people, scientists, believe, a lot of scientists believe that octopus came from outer space. Octopi. Octopi. Occupado. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Came from outer space and that they are an entirely alien form, which is why they can do so much. We, we talked about this in our in our octopus. About them coming from outer space? Episode. No, we did not. I think we mentioned it, we yeah. We did not mention that at all. Well, it's true. They There's people that think that. I've not heard this Incredible at scientists. all. Incredible scientists. I've not heard this at all. Yeah. It, they're so evolutionarily different than everything else. Mm-hmm. Urban legend... Also link Florida's lobster boy to aliens. So you think that lobsters you so you think that you're the, the thing you're putting together is that there may be warring space creatures? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's why they wouldn't like each other, right? Uh-huh. Uh Urban Legend also some of them think that Florida's lobster boy is linked to aliens. I just have to say, now that InfoWars is basically off of most platforms, uh-huh. there's a big hole that you can fill. We're filling it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, so I'm going to go on record and say that Florida Lobster Boy thing is not true, most likely. But uh, it's still believed by some. But here's where things get weird. Uh-huh. And this is all too legit to quit what I'm about to go into here. Oh, boy. Yeah, if you guys could see his face right now, the intensity. <laughs> it's serious. I'm, I'm serious. He is intense right now. Yeah. Two days ago. SETI scientists detected 72 signals from alien galaxy 3 billion light years away. 72 singles? Signals. What is it, like Tinder? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 72 signals from an alien galaxy 3 billion light years away actually detected a year ago, but all the data is being searched by AI and it was just discovered. Now we just we did discuss this in an earlier episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember the Wow signal? Yes, that came and the guy who found it wrote Wow on it, and that's mm-hmm. how it got named as as the Wow signal, uh, uh, which is widely believed to be the biggest proof of of intelligent alien life out there. Mm-hmm. Well, these seventy two signals come from the same area 
as the wow signal, and it dwarfs it. This is something big going down right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> UFO enthusiasts and astronomers are both buzzing that this may be proof of aliens at last. Mm-hmm. Also, in this past week, FBI has locked down and evacuated a federal observatory in New Mexico, 130 miles southwest of Roswell. Mm-hmm. According to KRQE, which is a CBS local affiliate there, the FBI has seized the observatory and asked the local authorities to stand by. No one knows what's going on. There's been Blackhawk helicopters and workers on towers. And this is for a solar observatory, a federal observatory. This is some Stranger Things stuff going down right Mm -hmm. now. So, you got a lot of people who think that lobsters are linked to aliens. Uh Uh-huh. You got this alien community right now worked into a froth Mm -hmm. that there's alien action going down. A lot of those people may think that these aliens are nice. A lot of them probably want to hedge their bets that they're not, though. Where do you sit on? What fence do you sit on? What side of the fence do you sit on with that? I think they'd probably be nice. Mm -hmm. What's the point of going all that distance just to come here and shoot me? Certainly to give us any warning. Yeah. I I think aliens would, would... not come here in, in hostility. Okay. Although they might be a little pissed off that we're eating their brethren. Well, they might. And, and, and I'm, I'm willing to bet that there's enough people out there <clears throat> who feel that exact same way as you. Mm-hmm. As you. Your obsession with these alien lobsters. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, how do you make money? You give these people some peace of mind, Right. You know, what? what's going to happen? The, the spaceship's going to come, it's going to give a signal, and the lobsters are going to rise from the sea and attack? Mm-hmm. That seems a fairly logical thing. Well, here's an interesting point uh-huh. I'm going I'm to mention. You know that lobsters uh, continuously grow. Yeah. And that the only reason we have no real idea of what the biggest possible lobster is that's out there, mm-hmm. because they don't make traps for lobsters that size. Yeah. They make traps for lobsters of a certain size, and when they catch those like 40 mm-hmm. and 35 and 50-pound lobsters, mm-hmm. it's because they happen to get a claw caught in the sure. trap, not because they are actually like intentionally trapped. Yeah. So we don't know. Yeah, we don't. How big a lot lobsters there are yeah. down there. And, and plus, it, it's widely assumed by U, UFO enthusiasts that there is an alien landing base in the ocean yeah they're going in the ocean these lobster sons of guns Mm -hmm. coming from three billion light years away to land and launch an attack from the sea right so you want to do something to protect your home Mm -hmm. particularly your coastal home Mm -hmm. from these lobsters attacking Mm -hmm. you want to make you want to make it very non-inviting for them. Uh-huh. How do you do that? I'll tell you. I know how. What do lobsters 
fear even more than octopus? Boiling water. Yes. Boiling water. Right? So what do you do? <clears throat> you surround. You got a coastal home? Mm-hmm. Great. Hey, you come to me, pay me, and I'm basically going to install an underwater sprinkler system almost going out around your home. And when the time comes, you can hit a button and bubbles come up all through that sprinkler system, making it look like the sea. So it's not actually boiling water. It's not actually boiling. It just looks like it is. Mm -hmm. And lobsters will stay away because they know about boiling water. Yeah. That's their, that's, boiling water kills more lobsters than anything. I would think, though, that maybe you'd want it to actually be boiling water. I thought of that. And then, because this is kind of the problem with this, right? Uh If you are sort of a house isolated by a moat, Mm Mm-hmm. In the middle of a lobster takeover of the world, yeah, you are going to have a real problem with uh, food. You would. So if you have this actually boiling moat and yeah. lobsters are falling into it and going into it and dying, you have this sort of endless supply of protein. You're right. You're right. I, I did think of going down those angles, uh-huh. right? Uh, but to do it on a large level would mean that you would need to convince governments of this and and honestly, I don't believe this. I don't believe that well, there's lobster aliens. Well, what do you have to convince them? I mean, attacking. you make a moat that basically, you know, you have gas lines. You you know, you're just heating it up. Well, I I think it would be easier, and you could sell a lot more mm-hmm. to the individual kookaroo who wants to do this. It would cost not much more than getting a sprinkler system put into your lawn, and that's the the thought there, right? The I'm going for the long—I'm selling bulk. Right. Uh, and and to do it to a higher degree would cost so much more that the the sell would have to be so much harder. I hear what you're saying. I don't know—you know, I think if you license it out to, like, uh, preachers like Jim Baker—I mean, I don't know if you've seen Jim Baker recently. Yeah, uh, he's got uh, that— that food in the bucket. The thing. food in the bucket. All the, the the big new thing amongst a lot of these evangelicals is preaching. You know. Yeah. End of times. But beyond end of times, yeah. right? Because end of times, in theory, is like you know everyone's dying except for the holy people, and they're going up to heaven, and yeah. it's going to be all good, right? Yeah. You what the fuck do you need buckets of food for? That's true. What they are preaching though is is an is an ap- apocalyptic sort of scenario. Yeah. Where it's all going to go down, and you're going to be left, you know real prepper stuff, right? Yeah. You're going to be left in the middle of this giant race war where you can't leave your house. Yeah. And if you have your buckets of freeze-dried food. Um, but yeah, so you have, the, and he's not the only one. This yeah. is a big evangelical yeah, yeah. thing. I feel like that's a built-in audience for your moat. It is, but I think I'd still be able to sell enough of them. And honestly, uh, seeing as I don't believe the lobsters are going to rise up and attack, I don't think that I have to worry about these people's food. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they can go to McDonald's. That's fine. All right. Get a McLobster. Mm-hmm. That's it. A lot of money, guys. That was solid. Yeah. That was solid. Yeah. I like it. Well, no. Yeah. I mean, this actually can uh, 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 catty corner onto your thing, but I'm doing it as a separate one, but I'll I'll, I'll go into it later. So, um you know, 
Well, you say lobsters are strange people, are strange creatures, right? Or people. Um, yeah, they, well, aliens. Yeah. Aliens are people, too. Yeah. Um, they're strange creatures. Uh, there's a lot of things we've always assumed about lobsters that uh, it's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone says lobsters don't feel pain. Yeah. Apparently, that's not true. No. They do feel pain. Not only do they feel pain, Noel, mm-hmm. but unlike human beings, uh, they don't have a uh, shock system. Okay. Meaning like, so when humans or, or, or other vertebrates uh, feel extreme pain, they go into shock, they go into shock yeah. which shuts down their nervous system. So they essentially don't feel the pain. It's not the case with lobsters. Nothing shuts down. They don't have a, I think it's an autonomic nervous system, so nothing shuts down the pain. Yeah. They will feel the pain the entire way through. So, for instance, when you take a, uh, a lobster and throw it in a pot of boiling water, and it takes, you know, up to a minute for the uh, lobster to die, mm-hmm. at no point does its nervous system shut down. It feels that pain for the entire minute before it dies. Okay. Um, they found that uh, <clears throat> if you're one of those people who take the idea of, like, well, you break it apart first, mm-hmm. rip its tail off, rip its clean up, doesn't affect their autonomic uh, uh, nervous system. Yeah. They feel it for the entire time for up to an hour after that gets placed. So you're basically torturing lobsters, right? Um, and one of the things they've researched in lobsters has, has uh, uh, realized is that lobsters suffer from anxiety. Okay. Much like humans do. All right. By watching lobsters in uh, tanks that they will... Uh, 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 find a space that is uh, uh, their space and they won't leave it. And, you know, even if they have a full tank, if they're in an unfamiliar space, if they, they, they're they nervous about a situation, they'll crawl into that space and not leave that space. All right. They will mope. They lack energy, et cetera, et cetera. All the things that having severe anxiety does for humans. Mm-hmm. And in their studies, they've also learned that um, lobsters will actually respond when dosed with antidepressants. And uh, in the same way that humans do. Uh So you give these lobsters antidepressants and they will perk up and be more lively and be less anxious and depressed. Okay. I was like, well, that's really interesting. What do we, what do, we do with that, though? And I was looking up uh, the Save the Lobster movement. And there are hosts of animal rights advocates um, who go around either buying out tanks of lobsters or, in some cases, stealing them and trying to re-release them into the ocean. But more often than not, these lobsters are so stressed out and freaked out by the whole experience mm-hmm. and the anxiety that they die before they can get into the ocean. Okay. So I thought you can be the one and only lobster therapist. Okay. And you will get paid mm-hmm. 
to do therapy with the lobsters, give them antidepressants, get them through. So psychiatrist. Yeah, more of a psychiatrist because you're going to have to prescribe them a uh, 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 medication. Yeah. Um, get them through the anxiety, and then they can successfully be released into uh, the ocean again. Yeah. Now, I feel like with the lobster alien takeover yeah. that's about to happen, that's going to be a huge uh, uh, gig. Oh, yeah. Because you're going to be it. Yeah. And they're going to be in power. Oh, yeah. And they're going to be stressed. And yeah, if there's a they're war, gonna they're going to be totally PS, stressed. You know, PTSD. PTSD. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And there's going to be no one there to treat the lobsters. And what if there's a war between the lobsters and the octopi? Yeah. After that, the octopi coming up and going, no, we're going to take over yeah. this planet. You're going to have, like, you know, years and years of uh, highly stressed lobsters. Mm-hmm. Just trying to figure out what their lives are about and why they're even there. Yeah. Um, and so there you go. Lobster psychiatrist, lobster therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. Pretty straightforward. That's Forward. great. Yeah. Thanks. That's good. You guys, we're we're batting a thousand today so far. That's because we're two for two. That's right. We are two for two. And that's not something you find every day. So if you want to reach out and say, hey, dudes, thanks for hitting it out of the park, you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, <laughs> go to the <laughs> Get Rich Pick Quick with Josh and Ole show page, hit the sponsor button, pledge an amount. Sports analogies from people who don't like sports <laughs> are really always the best. You guys, sports it up, right? We're sportsing it up. Uh-huh. You can sports it up, too, at that page. Hit the sponsor button, pledge amount. Half that money go to Josh and I. Half the money goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. Who needs the money? Because they got a, a a kids program going on. They raised some money. They didn't raise enough money. They need more money. And they have an island off the coast of Maine that they have to pay for. And an a, a layer, an a evil layer. It's yep. exactly what it is. Need some money, folks. Mm-hmm. If if you don't want to give Josh and I money, you're just waiting to give us your tithe. Then you can go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, go to the, hit the button, the pledge button. Hit pledge the button. Pledge amount of money, one time or reoccurring. All that money goes to Radio Free Brooklyn. None of that money goes to Josh and I. We'll wait for your tithe. You can download the app. There's an app? There's an app. We talked about this many times. There's an iOS app. There's an Android app. It's rocking. It's killing it. You guys, get some Radio Free Brooklyn in your life. Uh, And to thank you, not only are we batting it out of the park, Mm -hmm. batting 1,050. 1,050? 1,050. We put in another little bat (laughs) so we can bat 1,050. 1,060. Oh, okay. We give you another little witch, little way witch. to get a little another witch. little rich. So you guys, take it away. The Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week, brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn.
Well, people don't talk to me. I mean, I, the most I get from guys right now is, hey, man, I'm smoking weed. Do you think that's a problem? So people, they're not really, you know. And you say, yeah, because it's going to go get worse. No, no. I say, yeah, dude, it's a problem. Because if you compete with me and you're smoking weed and I'm not, I'm going to fucking kill you, dude. In every deal, I'll kill you. Well, how do you know that, man? It makes me creative. Well, the fact that you had to take the time to go smoke the weed. I already got a fucking jump, okay? The fact that you're asking means you're in doubt. I don't ask that question. The fact that you got to go to the washroom and wash it off your hands, because I can smell it. That you got to put cologne on. I don't have to put cologne on. I don't have to cover anything up. You do. That's one less question I have to ask myself. The fact that you were driving, I'm, I'm at 80 clicks, I'm 80 kilometers per hour, and you're driving 80, and you smoke a little of the cushy kush right? And the next thing you know, you're going 47 kilometers, and you don't even know it. I'm still going 80, bro. There you go. That's Grant Cardone on why you shouldn't smoke weed. Oh, that's not what I thought it was. I thought it was from that Elon Musk thing. No, it's not Elon Musk. I didn't listen to the Elon Musk. Did you? Did you? Did no. You, uh, obviously not, because I thought this other thing was him. He went into this whole. Uh, I saw a clip from it. Okay. Uh, on YouTube. If anyone doesn't know, there's a uh, interview that was put out this week. Yeah. Joe Rogan had Elon Musk on for two hours. And right at the end of it, they sparked up this monstrous blunt that Elon Elon Musk apparently did like three hits off, but didn't inhale. Okay, and he tanked the stock. Yes, it tanked the stock. Tanked Tesla stock. Tanked Tesla stock and uh, SpaceX as well. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the uh, number two in charge at, te- at 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 SpaceX put out a statement that Elon Musk is okay. Okay. He's fine. Well, it's in California, too. It's legal. Well, it's not so much the pot, I think. If you, So, for instance, I listened to one segment of, I saw, I, I saw a clip. Uh-huh. Was it like a, Joe Rogan shows, if you've ever watched, listened to them or watched them, are like two and a half hour okay. long conversation. I watched maybe like a 10 minute clip where he's talking about AI and the AI merge and how the world we live in is. Uh, most likely a simulation. Okay. And, you know, that kind of stuff. Someone put that clip up against Alex Jones talking about uh, multidimensional, what was it, like multidimensional awareness amongst the elites Mm -hmm. and how, you know, and how some elites are, are, you know, enlightened and they want everyone to have it and other elites are not and they want it all for themselves and they're the globalists and the ones in power yeah um and they use that as a way of like elon musk proving alex jones correct okay but you know i think there were just a lot of things in the conversation that made people go oh he's not necessarily tethered (laughs) yeah he's been doing a lot of that lately it seems he's uh gonna howard hughes he's it feels like it a little bit right i think so he's a he's 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 spending a little too much time uh thinking the big thoughts yeah you know, and it's taking him in places uh, that... Soon he'll be spending a lot more time organizing his jars of toenails. <laughs> <laughs> Big thoughts. Yeah. What's he seeing in those toenails? Yeah, it's true. Is he seeing lobster aliens, Noel? Uh, if, if you were selling a defense system for lobster aliens to him, go mm-hmm. for actually boiling the ocean. Well, I'm sure he would make his own defense system for lobster aliens that would include a lot of things you wouldn't have even thought of. That's true. It would probably be a boiling vat of drawn butter. Mm. 
and he'd probably use a giant uh, immersion circulator. Mm. So it wouldn't even be boiling. It would be at about 174 degrees. Okay, so you could get in there. So they would get in and they'd poach perfectly. Yeah. Mm. Sounds good. Mm. Guys, lobsters, we're getting rich with them. We want you to as well. So this is what you're going to do. Uh, you know, uh, lobsters grow differently in different temperatures, right? So depending on the water temperature, a two-pound lobster is five to seven years old. Mm-hmm. A three-pound lobster, and eh, that's 15 to 20 years old. Mm-hmm. A 25-pound lobster is inedible. Is 75 to 100 years old. Mm-hmm. Guinness lists the largest lobster caught was 44 pounds in 1977. Using that same math as before, I'm guessing that was 150 to 200 years old. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it was returned to the sea. Mm-hmm. Thank you, PETA. <coughs> right? What? Didn't it die on the way? No. You no, sure? it did. It, yeah, it, yeah it, they got it in there. How old did these mofos of the ocean get? Well... Lobsters are biologically immortal. They are. Yeah, they are. Oh, uh, no, I know they are. Yeah. <laughs> I, we're, I'm sure we're going to go a different direction here. Uh-huh. Uh, A.K.A. bioindefinite mortality. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Right? So what it is is the rate of mortality from senescence is stable or decreasing. Right? So their cells don't get worse as they get older they do not they regenerate their cells because they have something in them called uh telomerase okay which is uh uh uh, regenerates so the the cells that degenerate they're called telomeres okay right and as they as you get older the length of the cell actually shrinks all right right and you don't regenerate as much you don't regenerate as quickly you don't regenerate as much and then basically the cell gets smaller and smaller and smaller and there's less and less of a buffer until eventually the cell dies because it's just too small it can't it's not regenerating mm-hmm. and so cyclically because we replace cells in cycles as they replace they get smaller so i think i can't remember for humans i think it's like uh because uh, i think the rate is like every 10 years or something like that but generally it's something like you can 7 to 10 cyclical regenerations before the cells are too short and this this uh uh telomerase is something that we as humans have but it's in utero okay so this constant like that level of regeneration but lobsters have it and it's it throughout their entire lives yeah so yeah so uh, and so once you separate the chronological age from that uh, sessence or whatever it's called, uh, then you get what you call biological immortality, right? Yep. Uh, so basically lobsters almost never die of old age. Some bacteria in yeast are also the same, hydra. A tiny breed of jellyfish, planarian flatworms, the biggest, though, of these biologically immortal monsters are lobsters. Technically, though, lobsters are not immortal. They grow by molting, which uh, 
is when they they shed their shell and make a bigger one, and then they grow into that one, and then they shed that shell and make a bigger one, and then they grow into that one. So a couple times a year, they get rid of their shells, uh, and that uses a lot of energy. Uh, so eventually, a lobster gets so big that the shell gets so big that it takes so much energy that molting uh, makes them die of exhaustion. Well, they just—they also sort of stop molting. As well, they, well, it gets slower. It's it gets slower. As they're at, well, from what I read, at when they're young, they'll molt. Like at, when they're very young, uh-huh. like the first year, they'll molt like dozens of times, before yeah. in the first year. Yeah. Then it'll slow down to like once a year, mm-hmm. and then after age seven, it's like two or three once every two or three years. Okay. And then w- what I read is what happens is that that eventually they get so big and it re- requires so much uh, energy energy that they just won't do it anymore. Oh, okay, all right. And and they'll stay that size, but it becomes problematic for them. They get diseases because of it. Because they're b- busting from the seams. Not even that they're busting from the seams. It's that they actually build up. Uh, one of the big ones, they get these bacterial infections that kill them because they build up scar tissue. The shell isn't supposed to be attached to their body. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is over time, they build up scar tissue between the shell and their and their flesh, mm-hmm. and it doesn't allow them to move correctly. And they eventually die from okay. from uh, from you know various diseases and 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 lack of mobility. Yeah. So uh, basically, fascinating. Especially when combined with this. University of Potsdam and Vermont College of Medicine researchers published a paper together in 2013. And that paper was entitled, From Cyborg Lobsters to a Pacemaker Powered by Implantable Biofuel Cells. (laughs) So what they did, uh, they implanted biofuel cells in lobsters and used them as power sources. They powered electronics with lobsters. At first, they did it by themselves. They would power, like, a digital watch off mm-hmm. of one lobster, wires running out of it. Uh, and then they <laughs> they connected all these lobsters in parallel to get a bigger charge <laughs> and uh, started running things like uh, pacemakers and, and larger electronics. Uh-huh. So I thought, that's great, but I think they're missing the point. And if we really look at that first point, right, we've talked about before lab-growing meat, mm-hmm. right? So what you're going to do, oh, dear listener, soon to be rich, you are going to lab-grow lobster meat in a petri dish no shells no death no molting it will be truly immortal and you are going to use that as an energy supply and you will even if it takes you a long time to figure out how to harness that effectively even harnessing it ineffectively you have created an endless power supply that never goes away. 
you have basically created the perpetual motion machine. Mm-hmm. You have, you win. Yeah. There, there's trillions of dollars in this idea. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Tesla, move over. You're going to have oh. lobster-powered cars. Tesla, go clean the pool. That's right. I think that's what you're going to be saying. Yeah. You're going to have tanks underneath the car just filled with lobsters. Yeah. And just, you know, getting your energy from those lobsters. Full of lobster meat. Yep. Living well, lobster meat. So basically this is kind of the up to the up to the fact of using it for electricity. Beyond Okay. My idea is basically essentially the same. Okay. Except my idea was you were going to create because along with the idea that they can live forever. Uh-huh. As long as they can molt, they will grow indefinitely mm-hmm. as well. Um, like I said, they, they, they're not even sure they've captured, they've, they have any real sense of how big a lobster can actually grow yeah. because of the fact that they don't make traps big enough to catch lobsters that size. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're looking at a lobster that's made it to 125 years old and is 45, 50 pounds, it is certainly possible that there's a three or four hundred year old one down there that's a hundred plus pounds. Yeah, there's it's possible there's a thousand year old one down there mm-hmm. that's five hundred pounds. I, I guarantee you, there's there's one. There's got to be. It's got to be. There's got to be. I mean, understandable. I get it that you know the survival rate's got to be kind of high, but if it makes it a hundred fifty years. Mm-hmm. And the amount of pressure that, you know, like a, a, a regular lobster claw can put up to 100 pounds of pressure per square inch. Yep. Imagine something that size, what kind of pressure can put on. That's a fight you got on your hands if you're a bigger predator. You know how much pressure it takes to pull a human ear off? How much? Five pounds of pressure. That's it? That's what I was always told when I was younger. I don't know where I heard that, but it just stuck with me. Well, I know for a fact that I can punch, uh, my punch is like, 30 pounds. Okay, that's six so ears. So I'll punch you in the ear and see if I can knock it off. <laughs> knock it off. <laughs> um, so, but my idea was, yeah, is you basically, like you say, grow lobster in a lab with this limitless growing cap- capability. You molt for it. Yeah, I thought, uh, yeah. Right? You don't, you know, because molting is a natural process, but mm-hmm. if you go through the process of removing the flesh for it, it doesn't have to go through that process on its own. And you create these giant lobsters, mm-hmm. and eventually you get these seven, 800-pound lobsters yeah. that you put in metal exoskeletons, armored exoskeletons, and they become your battalion of fighters. Okay. Sentinels of the sea. Yeah, exactly. And they are, you know, they live forever. Yeah. You, you know, and, you know, they will be deadly. Can you imagine how people, a ship just being turned over by a giant armored lobster? Yeah. Be incredible. With, like, razor sharp. Yeah, absolutely. Claws. Everything. I mean, you know, you know, max out that armor, obviously. Yeah. Oh, They're yeah. big. They can carry a lot of weight. It's underwater. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're they, nothing but muscle. Nothing but muscle. Lean flesh. Yeah. That's all they are. And and two stomachs. And some guts. They pee out their eyes. And they pee out their face. <laughs> Whatever. You just you make you make do with that. But just imagine hundreds uh, and hundreds. You're in the middle of a war. Yeah. And hundreds and hundreds of these things are climbing up on land in the ocean. Because, you know, if you put them in a you can f- fit them with water tanks. Yeah. 
that they're, they can live outside of the water, mm-hmm. crawling up there and just destroying. Oh. You'll make billions. Yeah. That's government contract money. People will one day worship you and put pee on their face. <laughs> Is that what they'll do? Yeah. Uh, you know what you didn't go near that I thought I stayed away from because I thought you were for sure going to go on? Lobster tits. <laughs> no. <laughs> Lobstertits.com. Uh, no. There is uh, a guy who's one of these like big woman hater movement guys uh-huh. that claims, and he's like a Canadian Stefan Molyneux? No, that wasn't the Jordan name. Jordan Peterson? Yes. Okay. And one of the tenets of his argument is based on lobster culture. I have not heard. I, I've I've listened to, you know, I get in these these these, uh, you know, I think like everyone, you get into these YouTube yeah. uh, uh, things. And I Rabbit saw an holes. interview. I saw Russell Brand interview him, uh-huh. and the the bulk of the interview was primarily more about sort of like Joseph Campbell and myths uh-huh. and stuff like that. And he's a a. a what what does he do? He's like a clinical psychologist. That's what he teaches. Okay. And he was talking a lot, and he's a Jungian. So he was talking a lot about, you know, the idea of about how myths and dreams and everything are, you know, run through cultures, and they're these things. Like, so I thought it was very interesting. Uh-huh. And then, so, of course, I started getting all this Jordan Peterson stuff in my feed, Ugh. and it's all shit like Jordan Peterson is an asshole. And yeah. I'm like, why is he an asshole? He's talking about... And then I start listening to him, and it's like, oh, and he's bringing it, but I have not heard the lobster part yeah. of this. His followers his followers call themselves lobsters. Really? Yes. It's so sad. And that was one of the first things I saw, and I was like, I oh, Josh never, will be all over never this heard. Thing. It's so funny, because I have listened to the guy a lot uh-huh. on, on, you know, up to the point where he starts... Going off on on transgenderism and you know, et cetera, et cetera, and it's just like okay, you're just fucking out of you know, you're just throwing shit in there to make money. Yeah. Like that's genuinely what it feels like after a while. But I had no idea that his followers call themselves lobsters. Yeah, all these all these sort of right wing guys, their followers really like to give themselves names. Like Gavin McInnes has the Proud Boys. Yeah, that's true. You know, and you've got the the. I wonder what Milo Yiannopoulos's crew is calls themselves. The Pink Ladies. Pink Ladies. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They all Breitbart people. I think they call themselves Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't even try and couch it. Nope. They're just like, yeah, Nazis. Yep. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah, no, I had no idea. I wish I had. I wish I had done even slightly more research into <laughs> lobsters. I wish I had gone past page one of interesting facts about lobsters. Yeah. Well, you know what? You had some good ones there. And if you want to reach out and tell Josh how great those ideas were, you can get him on Twitter at GRQ Josh Knoll. I love it when you when you go into announcer voice. <laughs> uh, you can email us at, at GRQ with Josh and Noel at gmail.com. You can get us on Facebook. At and fa- it would be nice. I have to say it would be nice if we got an email. <laughs> Yeah, guys, reach out. Give us some emails, right? Three years we've been doing we've this. We've gotten some. Uh, you can get <laughs> us on Facebook at Facebook slash GRQ, Josh Knoll. Go on iTunes, subscribe, rate, review, anywhere you get podcasts. You can do this on. If you only listen to us in podcast form, we implore you, tune in Saturday nights, 8 o'clock, Radio Free Brooklyn. Get the schemes five days before anyone else. Get their earliest in the art star scene. Stick around late. It's all nice, nice, then Hellway. Hellwave. You guys, you got a lot of money in your pocket right now. You need something to do with it. What are you going to do with it? Josh is going to tell you. 
Take it away. Send that money! <laughs> the world's most expensive food is actually a beverage, and there's only so much of it that exists in the world. It's a 1907 Heidsieck, far from the world's oldest champagne, but it certainly has a more interesting story than any vino any of us have ever tasted. In 1916, the Swedish freighter Junkelping, which counted several cases of the wine in question among its cargo, was sunk by a German U-boat, and it remained at the bottom of the ocean for 80 years. Fortunately, these conditions were ideal for champagne storage. The pressure on the ocean floor was roughly the same as the inside of the bottle, and of course the precious cargo was shielded from life. The ship was raised in 1997, and about 2,000 bottles were recovered, although not all of those were in saleable condition. You can buy the current vintage of the same champagne online for around $120 per bottle, but if you want to try the shipwrecked version, which sources say is absolutely mind-blowing, bottles are currently going at auction for an incredible $275,000. There you go. Booyah! That dude is milking the... What's that guy's name? The actor. Uh, he, he used to be married to... Uh, uh, what's her name? Amy uh, from UCB Saturday Night Live. Oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. And I can't remember. He's his from. Name. Uh, he's the blonde he's a Canadian guy. guy. And, and everything he talks, he ends like this. Like Amy, Amy Poehler's ex. Yeah, Amy Poehler's ex. He's in everything. He did. But but that's a real distinct speech thing he does. Mm-hmm. Where every time he talks, no matter what it is, it's going to end like this. It's going to kind of have a growl at the end. Well, that's why he got to play Batman in the Lego movies. Yeah, it sure is. He does a lot of voiceover work. He does do a lot of voiceover work. (laughs) 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 You guys, our ideas are awesome. This week, even more than usual. Rusty, not us. Well. Well, you know what? (laughs) The tongue's rusty. The brain is sharp. Mm. Uh, So how do you know that our ideas are as good as we say. You may get confused by the by the slips of the tongue. Well, you can trust us because Josh goes out and scours the internet for rules of getting rich quick, to which we judge our schemes by Josh. Where do these rules come from this week? Uh, today's rules, as they have been for the past several weeks, are how to be a successful businessman, 50 rules of entrepreneurship. Till we get through all 50, I'm not letting go of this one. All right, they worked before, they'll work uh, again. Ready? Number one, every problem solved will eventually be replaced by a much larger one. Yeah, oh man, yeah. Molt that problem, get a, get a newer shell of a problem. That's right. Um, number two, kiss a lot of bugs. That's right, you got to kiss a lot of bugs if you're going to try to be their therapist. Well, you know, they were called the bugs of the sea, they cockroaches the of, the, of sea. the sea. Yeah. Um, number three, and the last one, I guess, is expand in a down cycle. Uh, yeah. Expand in a down cycle. Down cycle and power up. Yeah! Because we have endless power supply. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, looks like we're getting rich, Noel. Three Uh, for three. That's right. So, once again, for Josh. And Noel, don't spend all that knowledge in one place. Okay.